The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. As usual, and every week doing this show, I'm always excited about the themes that we're going to. And it was funny because we had Georgia Dow on a few weeks ago. We've actually had her on twice. Um, I work very closely with Georgia at the clinic. She is one of the therapists that work for the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression, my clinic. And I love having her on because she's just a wealth of knowledge. And I thought um, we were watching. We we. We like humor. We were watching, many of you might have seen uh, Jerry Seinfeld's show. He has a little uh, YouTube show called Two Comedians in a Car Getting Coffee. And basically, they drive around and just talk about a whole bunch of random stuff. So we're not going to do random stuff. But what we are going to do is we're going to do a little bit more of a free-flowing show than we usually do. Because um, since we work in such a busy clinic, we've noticed there's trends. And people are asking a lot of questions about those trends. And we felt that some of these trends might be relevant to someone listening. So we definitely... Definitely are going to talk about anxiety. We're going to talk about couples. We're going to talk about children. We're going to talk about our own journey. You are free to call in with any questions at all, any emails. It's at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. And um, first of all, let me welcome my amazing guest, Georgia. You've been here before. Colleague, uh, close friend, anxiety expert, um, outstanding therapist, because uh, like like straight talk with Sandra Reese, you really are uh, yourself quite the straight talker, wouldn't you say? I, I try to be really straight with it. Thank you so much, Sandra, for having me here. It's always a joy to be here with you. And you kind of have to say nice things about me because I'm right next to you. So thank yeah. you for doing that. Cause it's true. But, I, you true. know, I do say nice things when you're not around. Do you really? Really, I do. Um, so, we, you see, we have a little banter going on. And you know what? It's funny. I wasn't thinking to go to this. But right now, as I looked at you, I thought of another thing I want to put on the just right off the bat. I was thinking about how sometimes we work on cases together. And I was thinking about... Um, the enabling situation and addiction. We haven't talked that much on the show about addiction. And I was thinking how one of the rules, I don't know why this popped into my head. One of the rules in psychotherapy is that if your partner uh, has an addictive problem, let's say they're an alcoholic or a gambling addict, a lot of people don't know this, but you can't actually treat the couple. And the reason for that is quite interesting, is the addiction is like almost like another woman or another man. So um, I wanted to, let's start with that idea. Like what, I remember when you started the center, we'd talk about things like this. We, we were challenged by situations like this. What do you think about the fact that the rules of psychology say that you cannot treat a couple if one of them has a, an addiction problem? What is your own personal feeling on that? So it's really interesting. I think that, and a lot of people ask, you know, what is it? like to be a therapist? What are the things that you learn as you go through it? 
And there's a huge difference when you first you start off and you're fresh and you're new. And so when I first started, when I first became a therapist, what I thought was, well, you know, why, why should I stop someone for coming to therapy? Even if they have an addiction, I want to be able to help them. And maybe if I help them, then they'll, you know, quit and they'll get better. And what I realized is that the rule is in place because if you're dealing with the couple and one person is dealing with a huge addiction issue, really... We're not dealing with a couple issues are secondary to the fact that one person has something that they care about more than anything else. And it's very interesting because that immediately becomes a problem to the couple. The second issue is that they're not really there. Mm. They're there with their addiction primarily. And only once that is dealt with, we can deal with the couple. And so the addiction should take priority so that they can be there in the space And though I thought that, well, maybe I'll be different and I can do things differently because, you know, I am such a great therapist. The rules will be different for myself. I've realized through time that these rules are in place because then we can really help the couple once someone has dealt with the issues that are first on their plate. Well, I think you bring up such an important point, and I think we can go to the flip side because I'm thinking of a case in particular we worked on. And for me, I really, you know, I've always admired your your talent. But I remember when we did this particular case, I, I, it went to a new level for me. And I think that we really worked well, and I think it's representative of many people. So what ha- the other flip side is that the person who's in love with someone with an ad- addiction problem is often what's known in psychology as a codependent, so an enabling type of personality. And so actually, what we had to do is we had to split these two people up and we had to work on the caretaking. I worked on the caretaker, which happened to be the woman and you worked on the person with the substance abuse. And I think Mm -hmm. that they were an incredible couple because they just listened to their therapist and we can say very openly that they've sailed into the sunset, but it took, Oh my God, it didn't start off easy. So I think, I I don't know why I thought of it, but I think that the reason it's on my mind is I figure people listening to the show, someone out there might be in a couple and wondering is couple counseling for me. And I thought to myself, it's important to know that there are rules to protect couples, such as this one. There's another rule, for example, if someone's having an affair or and tells the therapist privately um, that you cannot, you, you, the therapist will not reveal it, don't get scared to the partner, but they cannot continue to see the couple. That mm-hmm. is another rule in place because otherwise we're keeping the secret. So I thought that we've had both those cases, you and I, and I thought that I really was very uh, impressed with the way this, these cases were handled because the couples actually did very well. And I think that my show is called Straight Talk with Sandra Rich, And I want to talk a little bit about the kind of straight talk you did with the attic. You know, and I remember it wasn't easy for you at first. You, you, it was not a good scene because addicts want to stay addicted. So mm-hmm. they'll defend their cause. Can you say a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that one of the most difficult things is making sure that the person really wants to change for themselves. You have to be ready to go there. And dealing with addiction is so very difficult because when you are addicted to something, it causes a lot of dopamine. And dopamine is a neurotransmitter that makes you feel motivated and happy. And in rat studies... Rats that have a small brain sensor, a sensor that goes into their brain to hit their dopamine center, and another button that gives them water and food, 
they will press the button that triggers their dopamine because it feels so good, and they will press that button until they dehydrate to death, even mm-hmm. though right next to them is the button to get them food and water. It's amazing. And now, though we will probably get a drink now and then, that is what a strong system we're dealing with. And so I think that it was really fascinating, really wonderful. And I have to, um, you know, talk about my, my client really wanted this. He wanted to get better for himself, for his family, for his relationship, to live a better life. And that we were very open and very straight with each other. And it's everyone will like a different personality type to be their therapist. So I don't know if my way would be the same way for everyone. But because I was really relatively strict, a little bit tough and helping him, but he had to walk the walk himself. It helped us do this journey together. And so he knew that he could reach out to me on tough times. We made a plan. The plan was exceptionally detailed, really straightforward so that he understood the steps and why he had to take these steps so that he could create a greater space in between himself and the thing that is his addiction. And that space, which is a time space and a distant space and an emotional space and then also a physical space with the people around you, is really important, which will help him stay on the right track. And it's a lovely experience, but it is also a very exhausting experience because there's a lot on the line when you're dealing with an addiction. And a lot of people, when times are tough, they haven't dealt with their triggers, if they haven't dealt with their hurts, will then go to their soothing technique, their coping mechanism, which is the maladaptive coping mechanism of avoidance through you know, alcohol or drugs or gambling or video games or television or whatever that addiction might be. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm glad we're talking about this because I think the fact that we collaborated on the case also played a huge role. And can I I say something about that? Sure. I think that that like it's hard to collaborate with someone else. And I don't think that people understand that therapists, therapists are people. I'll just (laughs) start off from the bat. And so it's really an interesting dynamic. I think that, that, Sandra, I really enjoy collaborating with you. One is I understand you. I understand your methodologies. And I think that we have very similar methods and thought processes that fit very well together. And I think that that's exceptionally rare. I think that we we have um, a great way of sharing, speaking about things without making you know, us worry about one client versus another client or your client's wrong and this person should yeah, do because this. We tend to, as therapists, identify with our clients. So there's a yes. great possibility of me going, well, no, he's the problem. And you say, well, no, she's the problem. Right. So it's important to find two therapists or a clinic where they, they can collaborate. And I think that made all the difference. Yes. It and really we, was interesting. And that we spoke about things. Yes. And we, of course, you have to deal with confidentiality and mm-hmm. make sure that that both of your clients are are on board for that and really want to do it this way. But it helped everyone because we were all on the same page going in the same direction. And so it wouldn't be that one person is saying one set of techniques and someone else is saying don't do those techniques and not. And it's almost like we are being two parents. And when you're dealing with parenting, you want both parents to have the same rules, understanding. And so it makes it very easy for your children to do the right thing. In this case, both of us being on the same page, understanding what we want to do, what the rules, the regulations, the, the, you know, the techniques and why that would helps our clients also know that they're dealing with the same steps and we could work together to help them really get better. 
I think, much faster than if we just worked separately. Yeah, it's, it was an amazing experience. And as I said, after seeing the Jerry Seinfeld, two comedians driving uh, in a car to get coffee, I thought, well, we're two therapists in a studio having water, having water and, and discussing cases and, discussing and, and, cases. and trends. Yeah. So, you know, that popped into my head very randomly. This was not scripted. Georgia, what, what's on your mind? What are the trends these days? What are we seeing at the office? I have my own answers. We'll get to the me after. What are you seeing these days in your practice? It's funny. We work together, and I'm actually very curious your answer because we see each other as our doors are closing. Right. I'm right. going into my session. Yes. You're going into yours. And we actually see different cases. So what, what's too. going on? You're very involved with anxiety. You're very involved with kids. Yes. What's going on? What do you see happening in psychology these days? So one thing that I see a lot of is, are the effects of helicopter parenting. Unfortunately, we, the pendulum used to be that parents were really strict and mm. a little bit cold and kids were kind of just thrown out into the wilderness. And like, I would go out and I would like come home when it was like dark. My parents right. didn't know where I was. I was little, like I was little, like grab my bike all over town <laughs> and they didn't know where I was. And I would just come home when it was dark and, you know, they were just happy that, that I was there. And and now we, the pendulum has swung from that, which you could say maybe is too negligent, to being very coddling, very overprotective. And the problem with being overprotective is that children never learn to create their own mistakes, mm. to be able to be resilient and pick up those pieces, to mm-hmm. explore the world. And when you always feel that your parents will do something better and you need them to protect you and your parents make better decisions than you do, you stop trusting yourself and you stop trusting the world. And those two things mixed together with a loss of control, which no one can control all of their environments, creates anxiety. And so I deal with more and more children and not even children, but, you know, um, young adults that are not really able to handle the natural stressors of life. And so it's, it's really interesting because there's a lot of bad things in the world that are really protective to us. Let me just add something onto that because I, you know, I, I love what you're saying and I, you work much more with children than I do, but I am seeing a lot of that. And it's, it's actually what you just said is a recipe for anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a recipe. Like even in my own household, like I'll hear my husband sometimes say, be careful, be careful. And I'll, I'll pull him back a little bit. It's not that I want my kids to be hurt. I just feel like, you know, the more we bubble wrap them, yes. the more, you know, they, they learn to be afraid of things. And, and then we have the parents coming in saying, how did this happen? Well, that's how it happens. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. That is a very big trend these days in psychology and something definitely on the show. Um, I think, you know, if people write in and ask about it, it's definitely a show in itself. As a matter of fact, you and I have a company yes. called Anxiety Videos. And yes. I know we, we just filmed um, session three and we're about to actually start filming a parenting series. Yes. So this can all be found on anxiety-videos.com. And I mention it because a lot of people still are not in Montreal, can't come in. And I think they're really is and I'm sure you know when we're going to talk about what I'm seeing in trends we're going to see that there's the good news is we have a lot more science now than ever on parenting on couples and so there really is a science on parenting and there are things we can do and I find the reason we started that company because you are pretty busy you've got four podcasts you got two kids you're working at the center I got four companies two kids doing a radio show not that we're just like throwing around what we do, but we're not really looking for new companies, but there seems to be such a need for people to learn the rules. And I find all through my training, I have constantly felt 
every conference I went to, I felt, why did I have to become a therapist to get the goods? Mm. Like, doesn't everyone deserve the goods? Oh, it's such a such a good point. These are the things that we should be taught in school. Absolutely. Like, unfortunately, um, you know, we don't need to learn geography. We do need to learn geography, but Google will teach us geography. But to be better parents and to be better people, that's something that would be so helpful if I learned it instead of doing my psychology degree when it was, like, way late in my life. Yeah. It would have been nice if I learned it early in school so that I could have lived a better life then, too. Yeah. Well, we're going to come back. This is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, or today as we're talking about two therapists in a studio talking psychology. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-504. Or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. We're back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Today we're having a little fun with the idea and saying, uh, inspired by Jerry Seinfeld, we're saying we are two therapists in a studio discussing um, challenges, solutions, what's going on in psychotherapy these days. Right. So we left off on you talking about some of the trends that you're seeing. 
So what are some of the trends that you see in your office? Well, you know, great question, because it's so fascinating that we work so closely, but I don't work with children. You work a lot with children. I mean, I do see occasionally children, but I really generally refer children to you. I love to work with the couples. And uh, what I'm finding with the couples, again, coming back to what I said before the commercial, is that there, we know now that there's an incredible science behind being in a couple. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, at least three major players in the field. I've talked about them before on the show. Dr. Sue Johnson, Dr. Harville Hendricks, and Dr. John Gottman. I'm very excited to say that Dr. Sue Johnson will be on the show in March. So stay tuned for that. And these three people have dedicated their lives to finding a science about couples. So what's happening with couples is that we all start off with the idea we're going to fall in love. And it's it's so magical when you're young because you have, we're taught and we see the movies, we fall in love, we get married, and we sail into the sunset. Picket fence, yeah. one dog, two and a half kids, yeah. Cinderella. Cinderella. But it doesn't quite work like that. And couples come in and they're, they're disillusioned and they don't have the rules of engagement. And there are, Georgia, rules of engagement. Who would have thought? So uh, I was talking to someone today. They were saying to me, and it wasn't even a client. She is a client of mine, but I saw her. I ran into her somewhere and she was saying, you know, I grew up thinking that when you get married, you say every thought in your head to your partner. Oh, that's a dangerous. That's very that is, common problem. And that's, that's, that's intimacy. Um, no. Okay. You know, I, I think that that's such a great point. And often I'll have people say to me, but Georgia, that's the truth. So yeah. I should say it because it's the truth. Right. You know, and, and I think that you always say thing is that, you know what, if I'm looking really horrible today, you don't really need to tell me all the time. If you're like, you know what, Georgia, you're looking a bit, a little bit wrinkly and you're looking really <laughs> tired. I don't need to hear that. Well, I usually say that because people say to me, and they, you know who you are if you're listening, they say, <laughs> I don't like to play games. And I challenge them that all of life is a game. And they say, no, it's not. And that I usually say, well, if I got more wrinkles since last week, I don't think you're going to tell me that, even if it's the truth. There are rules of engagement in life. There are things we cannot say to people. Mm-hmm. We can, you know, and some people break the rules of engagement, by the way, and go up to people and say, oh, are you pregnant when the person's gained some weight or, boy, you're putting on some weight. And those people don't tend to have really good relationships. Can I give a little bit of a life pro tip for that one? Yeah. Okay. So this is, this is my husband's and his rule is, is that the only time that you should ask a woman if she's pregnant is if you see the baby coming out. (laughs) You don't see the baby. You don't say a thing. I'll just give a little story. My next door neighbor comes up to me and says, oh my goodness, Georgia, when, when is the baby due? Um, and he knew I was pregnant, so that's not, he didn't break the rule there. And I said, well, it, it, I gave birth three weeks ago. Uh-oh. And his face just Uh-oh. dropped. But I laughed, and it was, yeah, it was well, funny, but, you know. But you're yes. a therapist, and you have great ego strength, which is another thing that we maybe we'll flirt around with what that means, is you're very solid in your skin. But... It's very hard if you're walking around and most women are insecure about their bodies and comments are being made like that. And my point was that we generally evolve people know there's certain things you cannot say. So my point is that we all do play games. Um, so those of you saying you don't, I challenge you because you just don't say every thought. So the idea that you're going to marry someone and you're going to tell them every thought that you had in your head. I remember a client telling me that she had a fantasy about another man um, during sex and she thought that would be a good thing to discuss with her husband. It didn't turn out so well. No. Um, so one of the trends that we're seeing is that 
people need to learn the science. So this part of the science is that it's not anything goes. There are still boundaries in a, in a marital relationship, just like there's boundaries in parent to child, just like the police give you a, a traffic ticket when you go through a stop sign and a woman say, I don't understand why I have to do a boundary with a husband. I don't want another child. It has nothing to do with having another child. There are boundaries. There's boundaries between me and you. There's boundaries between us and the engineer who's producing the show. There's boundaries if you don't show up to work. Um, so I think we have to get a bit more comfortable with that. And we also are learning from the science. This is Stu Johnson's work, which is going to be so interesting to talk about, is that um, the basic tenant of will you be there for me when I'm in trouble? Can I count on you when I fall? Mm-hmm. Will, can I reach for you when I need you? Which is attachment theory. That's her work is fundamental to couples thriving. But if they don't know that, how are they supposed to get that? Yes. So that's what I'm seeing a lot of. Yes. Yes. And I, I think that it, it breaches that feeling of trust and safety. If you think that, you know, every time you make a mistake, And, you know, I do things and they're not always the smartest of things. And if my husband would say, wow, that was really dumb, every time I make a mistake, and it might have been, then I'm not going to go to him when I'm feeling down and I can't handle my ego strength may be weak that day. I might have had a rough day and I can't hear someone else tell me that I did something wrong. And so we often use the shield of honesty as a way to let out our aggression or our anxiety or our hurt or pain onto someone else. And I think that we have to be cognizant that other people have feelings and we want to be thoughtful of them as well. Well, so, you know, I knew it'd be fun to sort of free flow like this because I think we're talking about a concept in psychology called secure attachment, which is relevant to the helicopter parenting too, because you, you want your kids to feel secure. That's where it starts in childhood. Okay. Then they get married and in a marriage, you need a secure attachment, meaning I need to know, are you going to be there for me? And it's the same, same ballgame. That does not mean that every time I fall, my husband has to be there to pick me up. It's the same way it does not mean that a parent has to protect their child at all times. It means fundamentally, okay, mm-hmm. fundamentally. So if child is in trouble and reaches to parent for help, that's quite different than helicopter parenting, isn't it? Yes, yes, exactly. Your, your job as a parent is not to protect your child from the world, it is to prepare them for the world. And so that is to slowly allow them to learn how to spread their own wings. So your job is to teach, your job is to prepare, your job is to catch them if it's going to be a fall that's going to really hurt them, but also let them learn to pick themselves up so that they learn that they're resilient, that they learn that they can handle this and they feel empowered themselves And I think that a lot of parents, out of love, kindness, and care, make a very dependent child on them, which is more of a detriment to the child because then they do not, they learn to depend on the parent, which is wonderful, but they don't learn to depend on themselves. Yeah, and it's not so wonderful when you go out in the world and parents age and you can't stand on your own two feet. And I think that I'm going to pick up on two things and segue with them. Is One is, I often say, and I know you agree with this, that the biggest gift you can give your child is resilience. And people mm-hmm. say, no, 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 I, the biggest gift is happiness. But the truth is happiness comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Resilience will allow you to get through the bad times as well as the good. And I don't think that we learned enough about that in, in growing up. And I think that people are still don't know the importance of, you know, teaching to be able to survive the cloudy days and the sunny days. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to add on to what something you said is you said, um, we don't teach enough about that to parents. And 
I want to come back to couples and say, I'm not sure we teach couples enough about how to deal with conflict Mm -hmm. and that conflict is okay and actually necessary in a couple. So that's a good one. Yeah. We teach them like no conflict is a good thing. It's actually a predictor of divorce. Right. Exactly. And many people are shocked. Yeah. When they realize that it's a healthy thing to be able to have an argument. A healthy argument, you know, and a healthy argument is maybe not name calling, not you know, and I'm, I'm being, don't, don't I'm, do that. no name calling don't and I'm it. being facetious when I said, maybe not <laughs> eye rolling. And I thought you were going to call me a name after that. No, 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 dear one. I won't. Um, but I think there you go. That's what we teach. That's what yeah. my retreats are about. And it's, I'm literally teaching people the science are the rules of engagement. Mm-hmm. So I'm teaching them, you're not allowed to stonewall, stop talking to someone when they want to talk. You're right. not allowed to eye roll. Like, why are you not allowed to eye roll? Well, eye rolling is contempt. Yes. Is that going to make your partner feel secure? If you wouldn't like your child doing that to you. You shouldn't you, have yeah. your partner right, doing right, it right, to right. you. And the stonewalling, I call it the Amish finger thing. Like you're just turning your back. It's like an old I've way. I've never of, heard of that. Amish finger. It's, it's, it is, it is a way of, of like saying, I'm no longer connected to you. It's a funny joke to okay. it. But, it's, it's a way of saying, I don't care about you. And when you displease me, I'm cutting you off. Yeah. And you want to know that even when we're a team, even when we don't agree, I so will have you back even when things aren't going right between us. A hundred percent. But would you agree, Georgia, that that's a skill? Because you have to learn to put the angry feelings in one pocket mm-hmm. and access the love feelings at the same time. And some people really struggle with that. They can only see you as the enemy and that's where they end up in the office. And you're a hundred percent right. If you can access the anger, but also remember, I love you mm-hmm. and you're making no sense to me right now, but I love you. So be curious as Gottman would say, be curious. I'm not following why you're so upset. Can you tell me more about it? That, you're likely to find out your partner is not insane. And you're both on the same team. Absolutely. The thing with when, when I see people arguing is that one person wants to win the argument. And right. often what's happening is you're not even listening to what the other person's saying. Right. You're building your own case yeah. as if this is you know a trial in order to make you win. But you want to think that if you win, then the other person loses. And that's your partner who's losing. And that's your team. Yeah. Oh, Georgia, that's so good because that's that's such a common problem because I, I think we learn in life that when you run a, a race or something, there's a winner and there's a loser. And then we go into marriage and we have our first fight and we often feel like if we don't win – like that's shameful. It means that we're admitting weakness and it is only couples and Gottman calls them the masters, the masters, as opposed to the disasters, the masters of relationships who understand that the end of the argument, even if it takes a day, three days, you take a break, whatever, there has to be a win-win. And there always is a possibility of a win-win. It's, it's not always obvious right away. Couples say to me, well, I don't see the win-win. I want to move to Africa. He wants to move to Sweden. It doesn't seem obvious, but you know, you can talk about it and there can be compromises made where no one ends up feeling, and I think it was so smart of you to say that no one ends up feeling like a loser. And I think that's true in friendship. I think it's how we run. I run the clinic. I don't want the therapist. You know, there's rules to running a clinic. It's, it's, if you want to have good relationships in life, there can't be losers with the people you love, right? You know, because you're shaming them, you're shaming them. And that's a horrible thing. And it does not create a secure attachment. Same with our kids. I'm not going to give in to my kids if they want to eat 10 pounds of candy. But that doesn't mean I have to say that's ridiculous. I mean, we're all kids and we all wanted to have the candy. Yeah, you do not have to mock. Exactly. 
I, I think that this brings up that thought on saying I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Right? That, that saying I'm sorry does not mean I'm wrong. No. That saying I'm sorry does not mean that I've lost. No. And a lot of people have a huge difficulty yeah. with saying I am sorry that you felt this way. I'm sorry that I hurt you. I'm sorry that I made a mistake, which is such a healing term. So healing. It, it lets you know that I feel your pain and I'm there. And I it, I might not have meant to do it. I might not have known that I did right. it. But I am sorry that that happened. Because you mean something to me and I see you're in pain. And, and that's enough. And there's no cost to this. No I cost. I have lost nothing. I, it's, it's a very affordable way. Some people buy their, their wives or husbands watches or other expense. You can really just be there and say, I see you and I I don't want to see you in pain. I think that the struggle with, I'm sorry, comes back to what you just talked about before is if I say the theory is that it's wrong, that people feel if I say, I'm sorry, I am now the loser. And it's actually couldn't be further from the truth. As a matter of fact, it's such an act of involvement Mm -hmm. to be able to be sorry you hurt someone. And you know what? It, you don't always have to understand why people are upset. You yes, know, some, said. Yes. I just don't think that yeah. that's a necessary component because there are things that my partner gets upset about, and I'm sure yours too, mm-hmm. that don't always seem like things I would get upset about. Right. But if they upset my partner, then I can be sorry I upset him. As simple as that. And, and I think that it comes down to the fact that we believe that whichever way I see the world is the way that everyone else yes. can see the world. Right, right. And your the rule wounds, book. Would, would depend, we all have wounds, everyone has yeah. their issues. And depending on your childhood and your parentage and the things that happened to you, your wounds are going to be different than mine. Right. And so we, we might not function the same way. And so you want to be able to see each other so that you don't step on each other's wounds. And yeah. if you do, you're sorry. Yeah, brilliantly said. I know you had something on your mind. You were talking to me on the break um, uh, about uh, therapists. I'm not really sure where you were going. Do you yeah, want, yeah. yeah. So, so after the break, what I would like to talk about is um, questions about, like, what did you learn from therapy, what we end up doing, what are the mistakes that we first, you know, had happen? What, what, what are the first things that you made mistakes with when you became a, you know, starting out therapist? And what are some of the common errors, I guess, therapists make? So I'll start off and then we'll take a short break and we'll come back with that. So I think that that's an important topic because I imagine people listening um, have trouble sometimes choosing a therapist. That has always worried me a lot. So I'll mention a little bit about that. We'll take a short break and then we'll go into some of the errors I made. I'll be happy to share some incredibly embarrassing moments. Um, We did say say that we were going to do a bit of Seinfeld. (laughs) So... um, I think, well, actually, you know what? Let's, let's really let's take the break, and then we'll get really into it. So this is Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. I'm here with the amazing Georgia Dow. We are two therapists in a studio dealing with psychological issues. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com. 
and change your life forever. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. We're right back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. And Georgia was asking about uh, new therapists, um, common errors new therapists make. And I just added in how to choose a therapist. And I want to start with that. Sorry, you wanted to say something. Okay, yeah, because that's what I really like. I think that a lot of people don't like therapists. We have this air of mystery or restraint. Whenever I go to a party, I try not to say that I'm a therapist because (laughs) Because they slowly move away from you. Laughing with people because we're really normal, funny, regular people. And then they ask, what do you do? And I say, I'm a psychotherapist. And I usually go physiotherapist. I go psychotherapist. And then I go, oh, and then I can see the entire chill. They kind of like, like frozen. It kind of like starts in one spot and just... (laughs) crackles across the room and they they don't say well i think we should start by saying that clear misconceptions so one of the reasons they get like i remember being at a a client's wedding and the whole table wouldn't talk to me at all not one word it was really an awkward moment we we cannot read your minds we don't know every single issue and here's the funniest part People tend to think we are analyzing you when we're off work. And actually, we don't want to analyze people when we're off work. So we're just at the wedding having a good time. And we so want to do We don't want, want to. to do that. It actually work. takes effort. That's yes. work. Okay. So listen, first of all, I want to put out, if people are listening, how to choose a therapist. So one of the things that always bothered me is there's many kinds of uh, different therapies out there. And unfortunately, when most people look for a therapist, they don't know where to go. So they go on the yellow pages, they call person A, person B, someone has a good ad. And I think it's very important if people are listening, and hopefully they are, to understand there are different types of therapists for different issues. Now, Georgia often says when she talks to people, and I think she's really coined this expression for us, is that it's important to see a specialist in the area that you are struggling with. 
Okay, so there are generalists and there are specialists, just like there's general practitioners and there's um, your your cardiac, car, car, thoracic, I don't know what they're even called, but cardiologists, cardiologists yeah. you know, right. So first of all, that's one thing. Then another thing, and I won't go too into this, is there's therapists who believe in solution-focused, strategy-based therapy where the therapist talks and gives you a lot of feedback, sort of like we're doing now. And there are therapists who believe that the therapist should be what's called a blank slate and they're going to have you, you know, lie down or sit down. And probably the most they'll say is, mm-hmm, so how long have you been feeling that way? And that is a very personal decision. But I suggest when you make a call to a therapist, you ask which kind they are. Because for me personally, I would never be comfortable paying money to someone who did not give me some feedback. What about you, Georgia? No, I, you know, I can talk to myself at home for free is my right. thought on it. Right. Um, and so for myself, I really, and even when I was trained, I remember them telling me that, well, you know, you show a lot of emotion. You maybe should be more quiet. You shouldn't give any comments to that. You're letting your emotions come through in your facial reactions. And I thought to myself, if I was telling someone else a really emotional, heart-wrenching story and they looked at me as though it did not affect them at all, I think that that would make me feel very hurt and that they are not really there for me and I would not feel comfortable. So for myself, I am the type of therapist that I would want to see. And so I am, you know, I show emotion, I show care, I show excitement, I'm honest, I'm straightforward. If I think something, I'm going to be saying it so that I feel a sense of trust with those that I'm seeing. And that's what I would want myself. Well, it's funny, you know, you're saying you're straightforward. And I was thinking that's why you're so often on Straight Talk with Sandra Reish, because we get along so well. Because I also felt that I could never be a therapist. I wanted to be the therapist I would want to see. And I wouldn't appreciate paying a lot of money if I don't, like, even if the advice or the straightness is disturbing to me yes I, if I need to hear it I don't need someone to um, you know placate me and tell me how great I am that really is not helpful yes. so um, I think you have to be true to I yourself have on that. that can do that right and I think that another mistake people make and maybe as junior therapists we did this I don't know it's so long ago for me now it's hard to remember but I'm sure I did which is this idea of sort of going in as on the authority and you're the one with the problem uh-huh. and so um, and and new therapists make you know you were mentioning before the issue of people have trouble saying I'm sorry well another issue that people have trouble with and especially new therapists is I don't know so mm, beautifully beginning beautifully. Be, thank you but beginning sessions you know people come in and say like um, I'm taking this medication. I'm sure you've heard of it, and I hadn't. And so a new therapist, a common mistake <laughs> is to say, oh, yes, I know. And then you're in big trouble because the next question is, um, so what's the dosage on it or something like that? And you're like, all of a sudden, you're turning purple. Oh, that's, so, that's such a beautiful thing. I remember when I first started out in therapy, that was, I have two of my, my main issues. One is that I became very verbose. Like I talked a lot yeah, I was trying one. to, and not like I would let my, my clients speak, but then when I spoke, I really explained a lot. I used a lot of big terms. <laughs> I was trying to prove probably to myself that I knew my stuff and I could do this. <laughs> and the second one was that thought of the unfortunate thing when you start out is you, you, you're so, I was so 
not sure of my role of this is okay is that I didn't know that it was okay not to know because I was so worried about my own performance that that was difficult. Now I feel really comfortable saying, hmm, that's an interesting thing. Let's figure that out. I don't know why that is. Or that doesn't really make sense to that. Or I'll look into it. Or I'll look into it. Or I know I have not heard that medication before. Or I don't know that that effect deals with this. But that's because I have a wealth of knowledge that I feel very comfortable with. And before that, my self-esteem in my bucket for therapy was just building up. And so I felt like I would have to try to perform or that people would judge me or think that I'm not a good enough therapist and leave. And so I I think that I overdid things a little bit too much when I started off. Such a common error. And, you know, it makes sense. We want to keep the client. We want to make sure they get their money's worth. And so we started sort of a song and dance thing. Tap dancing. We tap dance. And a lot of my junior therapists have this problem. And it's funny, Georgia, I don't know if you learned this in your studies, but I, I had a really great teacher. And he talked about something called Procrustean thinking. Did you ever learn about that? No. Okay, so Procrustean is a guy. I, I thought of like Krusty the Crown from, no, from no, no, no. Simpsons, so I'm assuming that's not that. No, it's not. And this is a, it's, it's good that we're talking about it. Procrustean is from Greek mythology, and he had a bed. And what he did is whenever people came to his house, he would cut their legs off to fit the bed. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Just, okay, hold Stop. on. I'm going somewhere. This, seems, this does not seem like good therapy. <laughs> Okay, wait. I went. I think it was better with the Krusty the Clown theory. Wait. Okay. Procrustean thinking. Okay. Yes. Is a term used with a mistake therapists make. So what the therapist does is they go into the the session with an idea early on of their clients. Right. And then they make their theory fit. So that's what Procrustean was doing. He was cutting the feet off. The people so to fit, fit the bed. The bed and of- I think junior therapists make the mistake that they've decided five minutes in, you have this problem, and now I'm going to prove it to you. Yes. And that's Procrustean thinking. And I never yes. forgot that teacher because I really think that you have to be careful because yes. you sometimes you want to take the session where you think it should go, but you have oh, to make beautiful. sure that – you know, what's going on with the clients. So you have to learn to get comfortable with a little bit of silence Mm -hmm. and really see where your client's at because where you may want to take them is not where they want to go. Oh, that's really, that's a really good point. Good story about Procrustean, right? Better than Crusty. I will remember that. That's great. I never forgot that. That's great. I usually say the the square peg into the circular hole. But I like yours better because that, that will I will remember it. It's very vivid. But I, yeah. I, I think that that's a great point of that this, you know, you don't want to take over this. It's not about me. No. And that was another thing that, that I, I had to always watch myself is that, you know, always to ask that question, am I saying this? Am I adding this for myself or am I adding this for because it's going to be the best for where my client yeah. has to go? And so even sometimes that would mean that though I'm really excited because I have my, my theory already set and all the pieces fit so beautifully together, so I'm proud of that I understand all of the dy- dynamics, sometimes my client isn't ready to see the entire scope. So often, often I would also overshare my theories and it would be overwhelming yeah. for my client. And yeah. so you need to have manageable bites right. that are ready yeah. to be taken on. And you that that's something that I think that you really only learn. You cannot be taught this no, skill. It's experience. It's through experience yeah. in therapy and doing, you know, many sessions. Yeah, so well said. I think it brings up two very important points is one is um you can only take your client as far as uh, you take yourself and that you can't work harder than your clients. So let me explain those things is that, first of all, you have to, as a therapist, be working on your stuff. Mm-hmm. So you have to walk the walk. So you can't Why go- is that important? Well, I think a lot of therapists think that, but I know the theory. It's so good. No. 
I don't have to walk the walk. I can just say it. Because I think that there's an energy we feel in genuineness. And I feel like if you're telling your client that it's important to exercise and you yourself are a person who does not do any exercise, I think there's an energy that gets like there's a certain lack of trust that gets created. I also think that it's a little bit it's a little bit arrogant. You know, I'm going to tell you how to live life. Are you saying that that therapists sometimes sometimes be arrogant? Yes, I am. I guess I hope that I'm not losing the therapist. But I think think we have to be careful. We have to watch our own arrogance. Yeah, we have to be careful. It's a tough job. No, I think you're absolutely right. You know, if I'm telling people put a boundary with your kids, you go home where you have two kids and you're not putting boundaries, you're starting to become a little, you you start to have the fraud syndrome. You know, and I think the other thing is, and you know, we want to talk funny stories. So here's mine, is not working harder than your client so you know I was a real keener was this when you started off oh really my keen? god I was really keen so my <laughs> clients like kind of like a resistant client going yeah maybe I don't know I don't yeah but you know let's say perhaps falling a little bit into nothing's gonna work and I'm literally going to the elevator with them still with more theories like you know instead of ending the session on time I, I mean I'd stay going down the elevator yeah. walking them to the car to getting our, in the car it's so funny because my previous clients <laughs> say they miss that Sandra because they'd get two hour sessions with me it was Really? But the thing is that that's a problem and that's why new therapists and when you choose a therapist, I guess that's relevant because we're not doing the show for therapists, we're doing the show for every everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to be careful that if your therapist is doing more work than you, like something's wrong. There's yes. just a dance. It's it's like it's like what you said about a couple being a team. Therapy is a, a a team process. I can only take you if you want to join me. So I even watch my body language in the session. If I'm leaning forward and they're like sitting back, like yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. What is happening? And I, I will call that out. I will call that out and be honest about it. And I think that you do that now too. Is mm-hmm. to just say. You know, what's going on here? I, I feel like I'm swimming and you're or dancing for you. And I, I've lost you here. And I don't yeah. want to take your money. I don't want to take your money for nothing. It's actually, we make good money as therapists. I think it's decent. Would you agree as a therapist that it is not fun to treat a client that it does not want to get better for yes. any amounts of money? Because people have told me, well, I'm paying you. Do what it, Just do what I sell you to do. Well, it, I, that's, I get thrilled from helping people. Of course. I'm not there. And, and I think that, just to listen to someone is also valid for therapy. It just wouldn't be valid for me, and mm. I wouldn't feel right by that. So some people just want to share their problems each week, and, and that is what they want from therapy. But my feeling on therapy is that I feel very strongly that my job is to help people get better, to live better lives. And that's where I get my kick from doing therapy is that I get to share the coolest part of someone's journey and then help them live better. And so that if I'm not doing that, I feel that that's a disservice to a client and also a disservice to me. And it's funny that you were talking about that, you know, you walking to the elevator going downstairs. (laughs) I often, if a client came back when I started out and said, well, this, this technique that you gave me isn't working or I'm not getting better and why is that? At first, I was going to be, I would be very defensive to me and I would start to jump through hoops trying to give different techniques and prove to them that I can do this. Yeah. And it was a wonderful feeling when I realized that, you know, you can bring someone to water but you cannot make them drink and sometimes people aren't ready. Yeah. And that's okay. And I thought to myself, which is a little as we talk about putting your ego in check, is that I had to think that it's it's not a statement against me if someone else isn't ready or if I'm not the right therapist for them or if these aren't the techniques that they are hoping for. 
that's okay. And, and that was hard for me to deal with. And, you know, I think that what you're saying is what makes you an extraordinary therapist who I'm, you know, really honored to work with and have on the team. No, she is acting all humble, but she really is extraordinary. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'd like to believe that my, my clients and my people feel that they get what they need from me. It seems like they're satisfied. And, That's why you're overbooked. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, we wanted to do this kind of show so that people can find their own great therapist because therapy is so powerful. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the company, the Anxiety Videos Company, because, you know, can you say a little bit about how that came to be and what, I mean, I know my mission on it, but what's your mission on it, Georgia? Mm-hmm. I mean, here you are, this, you know, you're talking about what a good therapist is. So why did you want to do this? Well, one is um, I love working with you. Thank you. So um, the the excitement of getting to do a project with you and we can do it together was really salient to me because I we have so much fun together. We laugh together. We're very similar in our theories of what therapy is. And the thought of being able to help more people and to be able to do it with someone that I trust and care about and that I believe that you have a different perspective. I think they were very similar, but it's from a different facet. Mm. And I think that that we work really well together in order to get even better therapy together. I agree. What are the videos? What are they and what's coming up in that? So we're going to be having a parenting video that is going to be coming up. We have anxiety treatments. And this is like if you were going to come to see a session, it would be what you and what I would do in our first session. So that's session one. Then we do session two. So outright strategies. Outright strategies. What is anxiety? So you get the psychoeducational. You get a little bit about the main things that you have to deal with. Some homework to go home with. Be able to deal with it. And then we go through then the next session. So if you came back in, we go over what is the homework, what you had to deal with it, why is it there. And then we go through the next tips and strategies in order to help you along the way. And then we go through, you know, breathing and why this is and what you have to deal with it. And then we went through now session three, which is going to be... So there's one, two, and three. Yes. And there's another specialty, I think. And there's there's then the sleep DVD. So if you're having trouble sleeping, you might not even have anxiety, but you're just having sleep problems. I and you both had sleep issues, so we use some of the best techniques yeah. and stuff that we've actually used. Well, that one's selling like crazy. Like people love it. It's, and sleep is so vastly important. Now, does it take a long time for people to get the videos? Like, how do they get them? You just go to www dot anxiety dash videos dot com and you download it and so you can have straight. it like two minutes you can have it now wow and that's <laughs> and cool if you're sitting at home having an anxiety attack right and with our canadian dollar these videos are almost free. oh my like, god if you're listening to say get them now oh my god it's unbelievable so this time has gone so fast we're just about out of time so uh what do i want to say well first of all we're going to have you back it's always such a pleasure to talk with you georgia um I'm leaving next week for the women's, or this week, sorry, tomorrow, for the women's retreat that I've been talking about, Empowerment. Is that already sold out, or can people still? I have one room left. They can call us at 514-777-4530 or 514-796-4357. What is coming up for you, Georgia? Before we say goodbye. Uh, Well, we're going to be doing some more videos. So if you have any ideas of any special series that you're looking for, we're going to be dealing with parenting. And then I do a whole bunch of different podcast shows that deal with technology. And uh, hopefully at some point I'll get to be back on the show with you. Oh, absolutely. So follow us on Facebook, Straight Drop with Sandra Reich, or Videos for Anxiety Treatment. We're out of time. Georgia, thank you. This is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Keep your eyes on the stars. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.